Hi, my name is Dr. Keith McLaughlin. I am your host. This is the Limitless Life Podcast. I want to thank you so much for, of course, tuning into us and enjoying this free healing information as we document my healing journey as well as my journey of helping other clients heal. Ultimately, I hope you take this back to your life and you really level up to your limitless life. Enjoy. And as a reminder, as always, nothing that's said on this podcast is a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always make sure to seek out the proper physician or healthcare practitioner for care. I wanted to add some preface to this episode. In this episode, I jump into shadow work, which is more looking at the extreme aspects of self, as well as looking at more radical and moral ideas. Of course, I'm not suggesting you go do anything. This is purely as a thought experiment to dig deeper on your internal experience. Enjoy. Shadow work is, I have found, isn't as commonly known as I thought it would be. Um, Often I bring it up to people and some folks are like, wait, what's that? I've never heard of that before. So I'm going to cover a little bit the importance of shadow work, what it is, and all that type of stuff. So just like a shadow, right, it's something that's occurring in the background. Uh, It's kind of away from the main thing. And oftentimes it's the part of us that's a little bit deeper. So one thing and to kind of illuminate a point, right? Um, And I'm going to go to a very extreme option here, right? You most likely have knives in your house, right? You have the capacity to kill somebody, right? You could take those knives and go kill somebody on the streets, right? And I know this is a really extreme example, but I want to elucidate or like illuminate a point that's really important, which is you have a capacity of aggression. You have a capacity to kill. You have um, the capacity to do things that oftentimes we don't see a lot, but is a very extreme measure, right? And so oftentimes the, the point of shadow work is to understand that there's an aspect of us that has a capacity for to kill, you know, right? Um, that's one example. There are deeper levels like uh, manipulation, right? We have the capacity to manipulate people into a certain outcome. And the reason it's important to acknowledge shadow work is this is a side of us. Uh, whether we like it or not, it's there. It's in the underline, right? We have that capacity there that's sitting there waiting to be opened up, right? So you kind of have two choices with it. You can keep it in your basement, kind of locked up in a cage, you know, it make sure it never sees the light of day or try to make sure it never sees the light of the day. Or another option is you slowly get exposed to it more and more and you make sure it's under your control. And so the reason is, and I, I've had plenty of conversations with uh, some of my friends and colleagues, is the importance of realizing you have the capacity to kill is because you use that as protection, right? Your capacity to kill maybe in your day-to-day is not important, but if someone were to threaten your family, it would all of a sudden be very very important. So instead of looking at it as like a good or bad thing, instead looking at it as a situational type of thing. So there's these aspects of ourselves that are much deeper, um, and I'm going to use manipulation as an example just because it's a little bit uh, lighter and it's probably a little bit more commonly applicable is there's an aspect of us might show up socially to try to manipulate someone. And we might start doing that unconsciously or subconsciously with folks. And what we don't realize is we're doing specific type of 
behaviors to try to manipulate the people around us for some type of motivation or some type of angle. And again, you can either be in control of that or out of control of that. So shadow work is pretty much designed to get deeper to that motivational layer. Why are we deciding to utilize these more, less uh, nice methods essentially to try to get a result? Oftentimes it's seeking connection or possibly in the case of manipulation um, in the capacity to kill there, it might be protective, right? So there's a reason we have these certain emotions and instincts. So if we deny them, there's a likelihood they might run rampant or pop out at random times when we're not expecting it. So the shadow work allows us to have a better capacity and a better hold on that aspect of ourselves so that we can utilize it when it's necessary and learn how to integrate it to our day-to-day lives. And that's the most important part is how do I integrate this when it's actually important, right? So one of the things I want to bring up when approaching shadow work, and this has to do in in network systems when we start looking at stage two, stage five, from the 12 stages of healing, stage two is polarization, which is there's a side side of me that I like, that I'm really like, oh, I really like being this. I really want to just be this all the time. And there's a side of us that we don't like, which is usually it's opposite. And it's, I don't really want to be that. I wish that never be around. I'd actually be okay if that that version of me never showed up ever. And so you might be thinking of these two parts of you right now. It might be prevalent to what's going on. It's kind of elusive. And the reason I bring this up is this is a common hiccup I've seen in my own journey as well as others is in stage two, it's all about acknowledging. In stage five, it's about going deeper. So oftentimes I found people where they're in stage two where they find these two sides of themselves. And what they do is they try to go deeper on it and it's not time to go deeper yet. They just need to acknowledge, oh, there's two sides of me that I kind of want to rather just be this one all the time and never even touch or look at this one, right? And when we're in stage five, which stage five is merging with the illusion or merging past the illusion, now it's time to ask the question, why do I have this part of me that I kind of don't like? Why is this hanging out? What's my reasoning behind it showing up? Is there something deeper here that I'm not admitting to? Is is there a reason this is here and how can it integrate back into my life in a way that's healthy and instead of harming the relationships, instead adding benefit to my relationships? And so in stage five, that's when we decide to merge past the illusion. And oftentimes when I'm telling people to do stage five, just as a quick exercise you could do with yourself right now, is start with just breathing in the mouth, out the mouth, restrict the nose breathing, just in the mouth, out the mouth, and ask yourself if you have a part in your life that you're curious on, or maybe you've found a side of yourself already, ask yourself what's really here. What's actually deeper here beyond the illusion? And sometimes this can be due in association with pain. Maybe they're like, I don't like myself when I show up with back pain, or I don't like myself when my knee starts caving in while I'm running and it hurts and it's annoying. And so then asking yourself, what's actually here? What's actually deeper here? And I know we talked a little bit about this on the first episode, talking about how does the global come into the focal experience and kind of similar thing where it's like, I'm having knee pain. What is going actually going on here? Is there a deeper layer that I'm not acknowledging in regards to my knee? And is that why it keeps showing up? And so then we're getting back into curiosity and inquisition about this of what's actually going on here. What's the deeper lesson that my body might be trying to teach me 
that hasn't been completed yet or hasn't found its uh, completion in its cycle. Now, the truth of the shadow, and this, this is kind of important, is it's there. Um, and I talked a little bit about this before. It's like it's there. It's not going anywhere until it's acknowledged. And so ultimately, if it's not going anywhere, we either are going to integrate it or it's going to kind of go rampant. So your biggest goal is to focus on how do I integrate the shadow in a way that's healthy, if that makes sense. So in this case, and I'll give this, um, wow, this is just an intense episode. (laughs) Okay. So um, I had a lot of fear around, I'm giving a live example. I had a lot of fear around uh, manipulating women. Um, so I actually have often in the past decided not to interact with women for that reason. And there was a fear because I'm very uh, adept at learning things very quickly. And I was I was scared that I would learn how to manipulate women and this it would go into this whole pattern. And I was, I was basically f- fearful of um, getting in any relational spaces. So um, and luckily I had a healing practitioner with me who helped me through this and we and and she kind of helped me through and brought me to the conclusion and understanding how can I turn manipulation into a gift? And instead it switched and now what it's blossomed into is how can I use manipulation in a way that's playful? So I out myself right away and then it's playful and then it's become seductive in my relationships. So now it's an opportunity for deeper connection with my lovers, right? And that's something that's completely switched up. So I found a way to integrate this aspect of myself that initially at any thought you'd be like, well, of course, manipulating people is wrong and da, 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 da. And now I can utilize it away in my life that is not only healthy, but is now a positive effect where it's actually building me up instead of holding me back. So I want you to think about possible shadow that you have right now. Maybe something's come up as you've been listening to me talk about this. Is there a way that it could positively impact your life? Or is there a way that you could integrate it in a way where it can still be the same thing, but now seeing it in a new light, you can utilize it as a different tool? Some of the methods around integrating the shadow is sometimes getting closer to it. So um, one of the methods I've used is uh, jujitsu, actually. So when I go roll, I try to get more into the bodily aspect and more into that masculine energy of um, the actual, not only like, I don't want to say desire to kill, but like the the intensity and the aggression of fight, right? Like, like the raw emotion of fight where it's like feeling the need to fight. So what I've been able to do in jujitsu is there's a healthy way where I can do it for sport and I can show up in a way that is in a way kind of fighting And it's safe. So I can safely show up in that experience. And what I started to discover is uh, how much I was holding back my confidence, how much I was holding back the instinct to protect, how much I was holding back stability, uh, how much I was holding back the focused intention and intensity. And I learned all this from getting on the mat with jujitsu. And really what I was doing was going into the deeper aspects of my shadow self, which I realized I do have an instinct to fight. I do have an instinct of aggression. I do have these animalistic instincts of um, anger or aggression or frustration or like wanting to win. And instead of running away from that, I acknowledged that in the process. 
and also the reverse side of that of uh, fear of losing. Um, that's been a huge aspect in jujitsu for myself is when I went on the mat and I lost, I would, there was some part of me that really shut down. And I, I believe it to be because on some level I was perceiving it as I, I lost and that was basically me dying. Right. And, and I was like, if this person wanted to kill me, they could. And that, that was kind of my mindset. I know it's a really intense mindset, but I'm trying to be as raw and real on this episode as I can, uh, cause this is a really intense topic to begin with. And I think the best way to approach it is in the realness of it. And so experiencing this loss, I, I kind of sat with that and it opened up a deeper layer of, oh my gosh, I don't like all I, like I just said before, I don't have a lot of confidence. I don't have a lot of focus. I don't have a lot of intensity. I don't have a lot of, um, kill or be killed. I don't, I don't allow that instinct to come about. And so now, uh, in, in real world application, that doesn't mean, you know, if I don't get what I want, I'm going to, you know, go after people and I'm going to, you know, kill or be killed and go after it. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is creating stability and intensity in my decisions in life. So instead of easily being swayed, I've taken that energy and that intent and that focus and brought it up in a way that's stabilizing instead. So instead, when I'm having an interaction with one of my practice members where they're getting emotional, instead of me feeling discomfort or fear or not confident in holding the space for them, I have a different intensity about it. And so my intensity and one of the thoughts that typically fall into my head is, I will hold space into you for you as long as you need. And I mean, if I have to sit here and not eat for the next three days, like I've, I've literally had that thought before where I'm like, if I have to sit here and hold space for you for the next three days and I can't eat or drink, I'm completely okay with that. And it's not with the intensity of like, yes, I, I, I have the willingness in me to do that, but I want to bring the energetic intensity of that to the room to know and hold the person that is probably going through something emotional, know that they're safe, know that they're secure, and know that they have permission to show up any way they need to. And so because I've been able to integrate my shadow and the experience of jujitsu, I've been able to hold uh, a lot of the, a lot of my practice members a lot more stable. And I have another intensity to also be direct with people, especially when I'm on the mat. It's like I said, it's kill or be killed. So either two things are going to happen, which is cat's game. Neither of us get choked out or I choke the you out or you choke me out. And that's it. There's no getting around that once you're on the mat and we get started. So similar intensity, I don't utilize that all the time, but when it's necessary, I don't mind going to that space and utilizing it in a softer way and utilizing a way that's healthy and manifesting a space for healing. So I want to get, I'm giving this story because I found very unique ways to integrate the shadow in ways that I wasn't expecting to integrate. And it's become this beautiful capacity to serve others. It's become an absolute gift. When we're initially engaging in the shadow, it can often be really scary because we have to be honest with ourselves about sides of ourselves that we don't want to admit to, you know, like if we, we might have something, you know, maybe it's like I said something to my kid and I realized it really damaged or hurt them. Right. I went too far. And so it's, it might be really hard to admit like, Hey, 
I overdid it with you and kind of like chew up the, you got to swallow your pride and actually admit to what happened. And, and that's very difficult. It feels scary. We're choosing to show up vulnerable and a space of weakness. Now, something that's really cool about the shadow and the um, kind of aspects of our brain and how it works is the reptilian brain is, is inhibited by our higher functions. So we can always shut it down. Right? There's a reason that you don't act on every single impulse you have. Our brain is designed in a really beautiful way where it doesn't allow every single impulse that runs through you to uh, immediately occur. occur. You know, um, there's oftentimes, and humans experience it more often, where uh, you know we have sexuality or sexual impulses. And it's more often than not, we don't respond on it. And that's honestly, that's a really good thing. Uh, there's obviously an appropriate time for that. And there's obviously not an appropriate time for that. And so it's good that we have these systems here, but get used to learning how to expose yourself just little bits by time. Don't, don't overdo it. Uh, and like I said, a, a situation appropriate, don't go to the very extreme with this type of work just slowly titrate it into your experience and start learning how to get more of it into your life and finding different ways to integrate it. Another suggestion that I have found to be very helpful is ecstatic dance and movement. So ecstatic dance, and you might have heard a different version of it. Ecstatic dance is designed to kind of bring back a little bit more tribal, more movement in your body, more natural movement, but it's supposed to create a safe and secure place where people can move and dance in the way that they feel naturally and native. I've found for myself that this is a fantastic way to really get into your body and start seeing how does my, what's actually normal for my animalistic body, All right? What's actually normal for my body and my movements? Now, if that's a little, feels a little bit too edgy to go to a group where they're doing ecstatic dance and do it in front of other people, Another great way is sometimes I will do this with myself, and yes, I legitimately do this, is I will literally just put on whatever music I feel is appropriate or accustomed to what I'm experiencing and allow my body to move however it feels it needs to. And the reason I'm doing this is I'm trying to get more in tune with my body. I'm trying to listen more to my body and get more resonance with what is true in my body, right? I might be feeling a lot of aggression in my body. So I might be, you know, squeezing my fist and contracting my neck and really moving into the movement and breath. And I find oftentimes when I do this, it starts to move not just energy information. It starts to change muscular function. It starts to change the fascia in my body. I find my spine will release. I find emotions will release. It's a full body process that starts to occur. I find sometimes I'll go into um, spontaneous breath work. I'll just start hyperventilating and I'll go into different um, aspects of that by really allowing that animal side of us that we typically restrict all the day to just kind of let it be. And so instead, we're creating a container for ourselves to have a safe space to make grunt, make noises, do whatever you need to, to synchronize with this aspect of our body. Now, when the first time you do this, it's probably going to feel really weird um, that's completely okay. If you're feeling weird while you're doing it, you're probably doing it right. Uh, there's probably a small portion of people that won't find this weird. They're like, oh yeah, this is totally normal um, just because they have enough practice with it and they've done it enough times. But if you've been very much in the society spectrum of experiencing most of society, you probably have not experienced this before where you're like, oh, that's a really weird thought to like go in my room and just 
do whatever my body feels like it's doing, dance in whatever way it feels like it needs to dance, twist, turn, stretch, open up, uh, make sounds, anything that comes out. This is a really great way to get more in tune with the animal body. And we it's often something we really forget, which is we are animals. <laughs> um, our bodies are animals, right? So it's there's an aspect of us that is animalistic, and that's sensationally and experientially. So again, like I've been ta- talking about this whole time, you can deny it's there. You're completely welcome to do that. And let me tell you, it's a lot better when we acknowledge it and then we start figuring out how to integrate it. Because if you don't do that, there's going to be a side of you that you always reject. And this is, again, the equivalent of basically taking a part of ourselves and saying, I hate you, go in the closet, don't talk, don't come out, don't show up. Right. And it's a little bit different when you can think of it as like there's an aspect of us that's a kid that's like, hey, can I go do this, mom? And you're like, whoa, that's too extreme. So instead of just yelling at the kid and telling it to shut up, be like, hey, look, we can't do that right now. I'm sorry. Like, this is just not normal. This is not okay. This is not situationally appropriate. And instead of having grace with these aspects of ourselves, having grace with a shadow, then instead of it being a side of you that just sits in the closet, it's now a part that's alive and up in the forefront. And it's up in the, you know, I guess box seats are like in the front row, right? And it's part of the journey with you. And instead, you get to call upon it on the right time. And there's going to be an aspect of you that feels acknowledged and excited to show up. And the other aspect of you that's happy that this animal side of you doesn't have to spend all this energy to resist and suppress that aspect of you. This is much more energetically efficient, too, because instead of expending energy to resist an aspect of yourself, both of them are showing up in coherence and in cohesiveness and working together to get a better outcome and potential in your life. Anyways, I hope this has opened up a whole new spectrum and an idea for you of how to approach uh, shadow work. And I hope this episode was a little bit not too extreme. And I hope to hear some of your awesome stories about approaching your shadow. Or if you have any curiosities on how to activate or integrate the shadow, please do call me up, ask me questions, send me an email, whatever it is, I can give you more examples and more ideas around it. Anyways, enjoy your shadow. Don't be scared of it. Acknowledge it. Slowly titrate it and let it integrate into something more beautiful. Thank you so much for listening to the Limitless Life podcast. Always remember to follow if you're not doing so and make sure to share with people that you think that might benefit. As always, make sure to either send us a comment, give us some feedback, let us know if there is some topic that you want us to hop into. And as always, if you're looking for a healing practitioner out here in Tucson, Arizona, my name is Dr. Keith McLaughlin with Limitless Chiropractic, and you can schedule a free consult online at www.limitlesschiropractic.org. Of course, just hop on the website, click schedule now, and follow the steps. And I will see you soon.